This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Wednesday, December 9th, 2020. On this day in 2008, Illinois Governor Rod Blagojevich was arrested by FBI agents on bribery and conspiracy charges. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original from Spotify. I'm Vanessa Richardson, and today I'm joined by our guest host, Greg Polson of Serial Killers. Every episode, we dive into the minds and madness of serial killers. He's here to discuss some of the historical aspects of today's story while I'll cover the narrative. Thanks, Vanessa. I'm thrilled to explore Rod Blagojevich's dramatic arrest. Absolutely. Now let's go back to December 9th, 2008, to Chicago's northwest side, just a few hours after midnight. The FBI officers who made their way to Chicago's northwest side neighborhood of Ravenswood started their day early, very early. It was certainly an odd hour to be donning suits and dress shoes, but nonetheless, the agents piled into nondescript SUVs. They were heading out of the suburbs and towards downtown. It was approaching 5 a.m. by the time a few of the agents arrived at a sleepy diner about seven minutes west of Wrigley Field. This was their rendezvous point with an Illinois state police lieutenant named Roy Sanji. The group quietly posted up in one of the restaurant's rear booths. Lieutenant Sanji was stunned when the FBI agents told him what was about to occur just miles away. They were going to arrest the governor. The discussion turned to how to alert Blagojevich himself about the morning's imminent events. The FBI would alert him they were coming, a common courtesy in what was perceived to be a nonviolent arrest. Lieutenant Sanji suggested trying to get the governor on one of the direct police lines connected to his residence. Though it was usually only for emergencies, it was a method of communication he couldn't ignore, unlike his home or cell phone. After settling on this plan, the lead agent drew out how they would approach the Blagojevich's Ravenswood home. No detail was left unattended, from how they would walk up to the front door to the positioning of how the FBI SUVs were to be parked outside. Though they planned to arrest Blagojevich without force, the agents still prepared for the worst. One who had worked as a hostage negotiator also joined as they readied for the short drive to the governor's mansion. Finally, they set off into the morning as the sun rose. 
Once the team of agents arrived, they idled outside of Blagojevich's home. They called the governor's residence on the state's red phone, but the phone rang and rang more than a dozen times. It was certainly odd, granted its status as a direct line to reach the governor for dire situations. After being unable to reach him on the red phone, the state lieutenant dialed the home's regular landline. After relaying they must speak with Blagojevich at once, the governor finally took the phone. He was stunned. When the agents indicated they were outside with a warrant for his arrest, Blagojevich asked if it was a joke. The agents reassured him it was legitimate and requested to be let into the home to discuss the matter further. The governor then promptly hung up. The FBI called back and once again indicated they wanted to take him into custody without force. In response, Blagojevich said he had to make some calls and hung up again. But despite the governor's apparent stalling, his wife Patty refused to leave the FBI waiting on their doorstep. She came to the front door and let the team of agents inside. Blagojevich was on the staircase talking on his cell phone. However, instead of walking down to meet the agents in his foyer, the governor refused to hang up. He simply turned around and walked back upstairs. Up next, Governor Blagojevich stands before a Chicago court to face his charges. Hi, it's Greg. I want to tell you about a fantastic podcast show I know you'll love that dives deep into some of history's most notorious leaders. It's called Dictators, and every Tuesday it examines the reign of a real-life tyrant, exploring the unique conditions that allowed them to seize control. Dictators have a never-ending thirst for power. Some seize this power through force, others through deceit, and all of them won't hesitate to eliminate anybody who stands in their way. You can hear episodes on dictators from the Roman Empire like Caligula, World War II dictators like Benito Mussolini, female dictators like Isabella of France, and many more. There are over 40 episodes available to binge right now that I know you'll find fascinating. Discover the governments that fell, the lives that were destroyed, and evil at its highest level. Follow Dictators free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. On the morning of December 9th, 2008, most Chicagoans had not yet begun their commutes to work while something far more bleak was unfolding on the northwest side. FBI agents had arrived at the doorstep of the governor's manor in Ravenswood to arrest Rod Blagojevich, Illinois' 40th governor, on charges of bribery and conspiracy. My guest host, Greg, is going to take over from here to discuss the details of Rod Blagojevich's arrest and the subsequent aftermath. Thanks, Vanessa. Despite the swarm of FBI agents in his home, 
Blagojevich appeared to be remarkably blasé about the situation. In fact, it was his wife, Patty, who forced him to hang up his cell phone. Finally, after some discussion and a change of clothing, Blagojevich exited the mansion in a blue jogging suit and sneakers. The FBI then took him downtown, where he appeared later that morning for a court hearing. Blagojevich's arrest marked the near end to a long and bumpy six years as the governor of Illinois. Though he was known casually as Blago and Governor Sunshine in the papers, his career was decidedly less amusing. Specifically, the governor's crimes unfolded as a bizarre and far-reaching umbrella that had gone on for nearly his entire term. His corruption touched everything, from engineering political donations within the city of Chicago to attempting to sell or trade to the highest bidder, Barack Obama's Senate seat, which the former president had vacated following the 2008 election. But eventually, his crimes caught up to him. And it wasn't just with the FBI. Blagojevich was in hot water with the state's political apparatus. In January of 2009, the Illinois House of Representatives voted almost unanimously to impeach the governor. And the state Senate soon followed suit in undeniable agreement, voting 59 to 0 to impeach. Governor Blagojevich was removed from office on January 29, 2009. And in 2010, he went on trial. He was facing 20 charges for various crimes. He was found guilty of wire fraud, attempted extortion, soliciting a bribe, conspiracy to commit extortion, and conspiracy to solicit and accept bribes. He was sentenced in December of 2011 to 14 years behind bars. Though Blagojevich began serving his sentence in a Colorado prison in 2012, he was quick to begin the appeals process. In 2016, after repeated attempts to challenge his conviction and reassess his charges, a U.S. District Judge for the Northern District of Illinois upheld that the former governor still deserved to remain incarcerated. Despite the apparent conclusiveness of this ruling, there was one more surprise in store. In 2018, Blagojevich petitioned President Donald Trump to consider a pardon or a sentence commutation for his crimes. And two years later, in February of 2020, a portion of his request was granted. President Trump commuted the former governor's sentence. Blagojevich was released from the Englewood Penitentiary in Colorado that February, leaving with all 18 charges still on his record. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Thanks again, Greg, for joining me today. Thanks again for having me. You can find my podcast, Serial Killers, on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To hear more about the lead-up to Rod Blagojevich's unorthodox rise to politics and eventual takedown, check out Political Scandals on Spotify. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Kitovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Mackenzie Moore, with writing assistance by Alex Benedon, and fact-checking by Adriana Romero. I'm Vanessa Richardson.
Don't forget to check out the Dictators podcast. Every Tuesday, they go deep into the minds of some of history's most despised despots. You'll get insight into their rise to power and the impact of their downfall. Search for Dictators in the Spotify app and listen free today.